Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bolton eBikes podcast. Today, I've got a guest for you. He's going to be introduced as Bruce Wayne. Yes, you heard that right. From Black Forest. He's got some interesting stories, I think, about e-bikes and how he's using them, maybe how he's done a little competition with them. So I'm excited to hear more about the story that he's going to tell us and just his thoughts on e-bikes in general. So once again, you are listening to the Bolton e-bikes podcast. My name is Kyle Chittock. I am the host and the owner of Bolton e-bikes. And let's jump right in. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show today. I uh, love your podcast. I love all the technical information you're providing us with, helpful hints and what to do with your bike and how to fix it. Call me all the time and ask me about my bike. And I tell them, well, this is the basic. I have an upgraded, fully Bolton upgraded Ad Rover 5. Okay. And have just really put it through the torture test. Um, this year, in practicing for the Pikes Peak race, I ran up the mountain five times prior to the race and still ran the same motor on race day. Oh, wow. And it held up beautifully. And is that the uh, Bafang 750-watt motor, like the ones that we sell, or the stock motor, or something else? That's the one that you sell, not the regular one. In all honesty, Kyle, I have broken a motor, <laughs> but it was my fault. I was in heavy rocks and fully accelerating, and it, it just can't. There's some limitations to sure. motors, too. Of course. <laughs> now, I know a lot of people are probably going to be familiar with the Pikes Peak race, but you are obviously intimately familiar with it. How far, how long is that race? How much of an uphill climb is that? I'm sure you know some of those specs. Yeah, sure, Kyle. I'd love to. And just to give you a little bit of background on myself, a good friend of mine raced cars up Pikes Peak, and I helped ah, him do that Okay, 20 years. Awesome. The race itself is 12.4 miles. It's 156 turns, and it's a gain in elevation of 5,000 feet. So okay. It started about 9,000 and ended up at 14. 110. Yeah, and I know for typical combustion engines, that altitude is one of the big challenges on that climb. I mean, there's not a lot of oxygen at 14,000 feet, but uh, electric stuff is really uh, is really bringing their their A game to Pikes Peak lately. It sounds like. Boy, howdy! They they all the electric cars have broken new records. We on our Bolton e bike have broken records on Pikes Peak. That's what I like to hear. At the starting line, I absolutely pushed myself for the first four miles okay. to gain on everybody and then to get into a good pace to get up the mountain. And all honesty, let's see, I was using 80% on, what is it, C5? I didn't even have it at 10. Okay. I had it at 8. And then on, just to conserve, I was using it was a 20-amp-hour battery, and it was so it was one of the rack on the back. One of the things they do there on that race is you have to have one battery and unplug your throttle in a 750-watt motor. Oh, okay. So no throttle allowed. you got to be pedaling. you got to pedal. That's in uh, the competition e-bike class. 
one of the neat things by meeting all the people there, Chip Drummond is the head of the e-bike inspectors and the e-bike classes. They've opened up an unlimited class, and that was the only bike that beat me up the mountain. It was a 3,000-watt with an 82-volt battery, I believe. He ran pretty good, but it took 51 minutes to get to the top this year. At the top of the mountain this year, Kyle, the winds were in excess of 35 to 40 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, wow. I bet that made it difficult. Most unknown thing I was, when you would come around a corner and come into the wind, it was like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, at those speeds, I can imagine, you know, with that course being as windy as it is, changing directions, you know, the wind, yeah, would just be either helping you or trying to blow you over or, yeah, it, it, I can imagine it would be like a wall. Yeah, yeah, or that, in worst case, let's hope that didn't happen to anybody. But yeah, I could see that would certainly be a fear at those kind of speeds. I actually run the mountain in a quicker time. I ran it in 44 minutes. But the mountain dictates what's going to happen to you up there. <laughs> it, it, it truly does. You, you could have a blizzard in August. We had good weather, but it was gusty winds. But here again, just the air, starting at 9,000. You're breathing hard once you, you start, and it takes incredible athletes to really do what they do up there. The e-bike race was really fun because we got to go first, and they followed behind with all the normal cycling classes. Uh-huh. And they have a, a bunch of different classes, so it's set up where anybody at any race level can come enjoy the race. And so they have beginner classes, kids, third to adults and multiple levels of e-bike classes, three levels of e-bike classes. And that's what made it really fun. Yeah, and, and certainly there's got to be a, a certain level of physical fitness because uh, 5,000 feet is a good climb. It's uphill all the way. I mean, that's, uh, and, and fairly steep uphill, I should say. I got about the same commute distance-wise, and it's uphill pretty much the whole way, but I think it's closer to like 1,000 feet, you know. I'm not climbing... Although, actually, now that I think about it, no, I think it's from my house, it's about 1,800 feet, if I remember correctly. So I just got to triple that, <laughs> you know, almost. Going home's a little easier, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing I'm going to tell you, if you do want to come ride the mountain, after two trips back down the mountain, you have to replace brake pads. <laughs> oh, yeah, I the speeds you go and you probably are just on the brakes hard on and off. That That's one of those scenarios where your brakes get overheat very easily. I, I would imagine you got to be very careful about that. At the halfway point, they actually have an inspection and they shoot your brakes with a heat gun. If you're overheated, you have to pull over. That's a good idea. Right. Let, let things cool off a little bit. Um, I actually got into some real interesting situations coming back down, Kyle, where I've flex the frame and once you come out of the corner it straightens out on you have you ever done that oh, at high speed on what type of bike is this rad five. Oh, okay you see what i'm saying you come into a corner at about 40 miles an hour and you load the frame yep yep and it bows and then as you come out of that corner it unloads gotcha i can't say that i've experienced that on the Rad Rover, but I haven't necessarily pushed that at high speeds like that. I've pushed some other models we've got uh, at rather high speeds before, um, but of course every frame is different in its stiffness and and things. So 
yeah, I, I can see how some models that could certainly happen on there. They're not, they're not intending most people are going to go that fast on it. And come into a corner, correct. And right. I realize that's extreme bike riding. The one thing that Colorado has done is incorporated great trails out here. And they haven't quite connected the Pice Peak Highway with a trail yet, but they're working on it. It's just a fun event. There was 319 riders on the mountain that day. And they have to have everybody off the line by nine o'clock. <laughs> that's a busy morning. That's, and that's a, that's a decent amount of e-bikes and bicycles. That's bicycles and e-bikes combined, that 300 something? Correct. Okay. I think it's e-bike classes themselves, there was, I want to say 60 e-bikes, something like that. And what are the different classes for e-bikes? I know you said there's an unlimited class. There's an unlimited, a competitive e-bike, and that's where you're, on the competitive, you have to have no throttle, 750 watt, one battery. And that's the class you were in? Um, I was, and I got put into the exhibition class. Oh, uh, you, <laughs> you got moved. It's a little too much power, huh? The bike was legit. I was inspected prior to the race and at the end of the race. There was some politics involved, but. It's such a wonderful event, and the people that put on the event, it's a, it's a huge family affair. And it's a great race for anybody from all levels if you want to come. I wish you'd come ride with me, Kyle. <laughs> well, when is this event? I think that's something we didn't mention specifically. This year, it was August 7th. They open up the registration for the race, and we want more e-bikers to come. We want to build our e-bike class. I don't want anybody competitive to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, sometime in August, and, and what's the official event called? I know it's a Pikes Peak race, but what's this uh, Bicycle Day event called? Broadmoor Bicycling Pikes Peak Hill Climb Challenge. Maybe they'll shorten that one day. <laughs> but I got it. And I think they're going to open up registration in February, something like that. And the way you were describing the event, you guys all have to take off by a certain time. So that means basically you can only compete in one event because they're kind of overlapping. Is that right? Correct, Kyle. So, and, and you start off in, in waves and they, they send off the unlimited first and they send off the e-bikes. The Grand Fondo is a bring anything you want and go up the mountain. And that's just a fun class. Got it. So as long as you've got an e-bike of any type, uh, you can bring it and enter in some way and ride up the mountain. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think uh, there are definitely a lot of uh, cyclists, e-bike guys in that area. I'm assuming probably a good chunk of people might travel a little ways to come do that if they were aware of it. So I'm, I'm glad that you're on today so we can we can talk about this because because I wouldn't be surprised if the turnout for e-bikes just gets massively bigger every year. It's going to the the way I've been watching the industry grow. It's growing, you know, in, in leaps and bounds. The, even the trails around here are becoming more and more crowded. My brother had an interesting comment, and he said, "There's people who have e-bikes now, and there's people who are going to have e-bikes." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> He gets credit for that, I think, because I haven't heard anybody say that, but I like that. I have to give some credit to my brother, John Nordeby, who 
who just helped me through the whole process of build, you know, you got to tear down the cranks and put this on and, and do all that. And he's more bicycle mechanic than I am, but he, he showed me all the deals and just ended up with a great bike and watching your podcast, watching everything you've done with that bike is what got me to the top <laughs> and the, the care of that bike. And, you know, I gave you all the numbers and that bike did really well. And the physical conditioning, water is the most important thing. Being able to stress yourself for 12 miles going uphill like that. Right. And it, it's a full-blown race. It was fascinating to be on top first. <laughs> and then... And watch everybody else. <laughs> and then watch everybody else coming up. To, yeah, to be the first, I was pushing the... Uh, there's a pace truck that kind of goes up ahead of you with uh, lights and sirens and whatnot. Uh-huh. And I was... He'd look back over his shoulder every now and then, and he'd have to speed up because I was coming after <laughs> him. You were catching him. <laughs> I was catching him. Awesome. Exactly. Do you have any uh, video footage or photos or anything uh, of this race? I think it'd be great to see uh, see some of those. I do, Kyle. I would have to dig them up for you. <laughs> sure. And one of the good ones that I have is the start. At the start line, when they drop the flag, mm-hmm. within the first 100 feet, I had beat everybody by more than five or six bike bike lengths. <laughs> My bike <laughs> took off and I was gone. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see that. See that uh, upgraded Rad Rover just zoom past of everybody and uh, everybody just trying to catch you. It sounded like a jet coming by <laughs> with everybody coming. All Imagine 20 e-bikes coming at you. All at once. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting. Thinking about it now, you said 51 minutes for the the 12.4 miles. So you're doing just shy of 12 miles an hour on average. You're not moving super fast. I mean, you really have to be pushing those bikes pretty hard up that hill uh, at that speed. Very interesting. Surprisingly enough, the first thing I did was feel my motor, uh-huh. reach down and grab my buffet, and it wasn't too hot. The temperature on top of the mountain, that's a big variance. Is you can start out at 50 degrees in the morning it's down get low. colder. You drop two degrees every thousand feet of elevation. And so it, it, it was much cooler on top, but it would have been interesting. And I tested the bike on hot days, and it's still, I think because you're not, you're going at a consistent pace. Not overheat. Um, a good friend of mine was riding a, a bolting up rated bike, and it had the fifteen hundred watt with the twenty nine inch okay. wheels on more of a regular, not really a mountain bike. And that bike got a little warm. <laughs> was that a direct direct drive motor? Uh, uh, let's see. No, it's a Bolton Hub motor in the twenty nine inch. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what what setup he he was using then, but yeah, it's uh, I can imagine for. For that type of climb, you know, you want to set up something that's got some torque. I mean, even if it only maxed out at 15 miles an hour top speed, that'd be okay. Because <laughs> you are going much faster than that, if, if ever. Well, because I went faster than my brother this year. He's building a new bike. Oh, of course. He's got to try and beat you next year then, I take it. <laughs> yes. And so just competition's tough. And I'm, I'm getting a little bit longer in the tooth, Kyle. And uh, to compete with these young guys is tough on an old guy. 
And you said he's been building bikes for uh, a good 15 years or so. So I'm curious, what was he running to where he couldn't catch you this year? This year and last year, he rode in the e-bike class and won it. And this year, he decided to pedal up it one more year. So he and a good Greg Keller used their pedal bikes. And Kyle, I had a hard time going back from my e-bike <laughs> to a pedal bike. It's just not fun. Yeah, unfortunately, that is something that can happen. I mean, you probably ride your e-bike a lot and get a lot of exercise on it. But yeah, I understand if you uh, get an e-bike and you've got a pedal bike in the garage, it might not get used as much. It's, it is a little bit difficult to go back once you've done it once because you want that, you know, the power, the distance, all of the, all of the benefits that come from an e-bike, you know, it's just like, oh, I can go here easily. And on the pedal bike, that's going to take me, you know, longer or I can't go to this place. You know, I, I totally understand it's hard to go back once you've gone, you know, with the full the e-bike there. Yeah, it does sound like a, a lot of fun. Sounds like a great event. And I'm sure people watching this event that aren't familiar with e-bikes are probably just blown away by what they're capable of. I, I don't hear this much anymore, but I feel like, you know, maybe two years ago, even every once in a while, I, I'd hear somebody who wasn't familiar with e-bikes just be like, oh, well, the, the motor and the battery makes it so much heavier, yet you can't go, you know, much faster or any faster than a pedal bike, you know. And it, obviously that's not anywhere remotely close to true, but that was the perception people had. And I, I think an event like this just completely uh, explains what they can do very, very easily. During practicing for the mountain, you end up passing extreme athletes who are pedaling, truly pedaling. They give you a little bit of a sour face, but they also <laughs> want to know <laughs> what your bike's about. They're all very interested in your what your bike's capabilities are. They come, they come check it out pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It is a little ways away, huh? but but we got time. I'm I'm thinking just geographically speaking from me, but uh, it is that's the type of event I would love to to come to. And whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. But I, I think uh, for any of my customers that are listening to this, definitely should go go check this out. Bring your e-bike. It sounds like there's plenty of classes. You should definitely enter and just do it for the sake of making the ride. Because I'm sure the ride is just not something you can experience anywhere else. Going up a mountainside like that is stunningly beautiful. There's two spots if you were to go off the mountain, you would end up on your springs, Colorado Springs or Manitou Springs. It's 5,000 feet dropped to the bottom. <laughs> right now, the trees are changing, and so the, the autumn colors are all out. But uh, you physically can, especially in the morning, ride above the clouds. That's pretty cool. So here's whatever the cloud layer might be. You end up physically riding through and above the clouds. That's probably cold for a brief moment. And then once you pop out of it, I bet that feels amazing. By using more body, I wasn't, I haven't felt the temperature until you stop. Once you stop and come back down, you'll feel the temperature. They have a little warming house, and they make special donuts up there. So. <laughs> Get you warmed up for the way down. That's hilarious. Have a win an e-bike race, uh, have a donut at the end. That's awesome. Right. 
and they gave out nice little medals and participation medals for everybody at to to the top. And there was water stations along the way, you know, your typical bike race. Now I'm curious, uh, and you may not know the answer to this. This, this may be something I can look up. 51 minutes for you. You were first place in whatever class you ended up in. You said it was, you started out in the legal e-bike class and got bumped out to something else. Uh, but what I was curious about is you said there's an unlimited class. Uh, what sort of speeds, what sort of e-bikes are, are those going? 47 minutes, I believe, Kyle. I can give you the exact number. Oh, okay. You're prepared for my questions pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, Kyle, had it not been a windy day, I would have been able to run it much faster. I have run them out in 44 minutes. Okay. So that's the fastest I've been able to do it. My brother was able to do the mountain in 38 minutes. Wow. But he was running a slightly different style of motor. Right. He was running a, a mid-drive motor on that bike, and I think it was over, he was over 1,000 miles. Okay. Yeah, I feel like just for the fun of it, I would probably, if I had to pick one, which... It looks sounds like you do because you can't enter in more than one. I, I'd probably have to go uh, go for the unlimited class and just see what sort of crazy e bike I could build to just that's just made to climb hills. If I was to do something like that, I think what I'm going to have to do, which is going to be a challenge, is find a place close to me because we have a lot of hills and see you know is there some route nearby that is close to somewhat simulate that climb. And, you know, test something on that. I think that would be uh, a lot of fun because I don't have the l luxury of being able to, uh, you know, go out there and, and ride it, you know, have it local to me like you do. Correct. And um, I've been very blessed to live close to the mountain. Anybody that comes out, it is a wonderful drive. They allow you to drive your car up there. The people are very courteous as they pass the bikers and they encourage bicyclists to come. And you can start at the bottom and go all the way to the top, or there's a nice parking area at the starting line, which is the pits normally for the road race. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I we go and park there and ride up from there. And it's 12.4. 12.4 miles, 156 turns. I got it. <laughs> I used all of my battery. I was able to have it on, but on the way back down, I you, you lose it. So with a twenty amp hour, you're going to use it all. Yeah, I can I can believe that because that is quite a climb. Have to crunch this, uh, some numbers or do some math to see how much uh, power you're probably drawing on average to go up. But I bet it's it's pushing it to uh, to the max. And yeah, I can imagine twenty amp hours would get sucked down pretty quick pushing that hard. Which still is kind of like that's the most extreme really case you could push an e-bike battery to a climb like that and you still can go 12 miles <laughs> i mean to me that's still pretty impressive kyle the bike performed flawlessly i wish as an old guy i was in a little bit better shape because i could have performed better <laughs> but uh, the bike was never missed a click and i was i was using between four and five pedal assist okay so you didn't even have it cranked up uh full power the entire time. Nope, I didn't. And just a, in, in an intention to want to have battery the entire way. 
Sure. The last thing you want is uh, to have the battery die a mile from the top. Feet from the top. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that bike stops. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a very, very tough, slow climb from that point to finish the race. Well, I think for if everybody in the world had a bike and got out to ride every day, if everybody rode their bike five miles a day, this world would be a better place to live in. <laughs> I think that would, that would take a lot of stress off of people. I ride my bike every day that I can. And one of the things is if I don't ride my bike, I feel kind of weird. Yeah. No, I think you're, you're totally right about that. I mean, if it's a hard, stressful day around here at the shop, often some of our guys be like, Hey, it's, you know, lunchtime, we're going to take a few minutes and uh, go for a bike ride. And that's just so much fun to, to be able to do. I'm going to miss that this winter when it starts raining and snowing and it's and the weather's not quite as nice we can still do it of course but it uh, you have to be a little more prepared for the wet weather and then here our wet weather snow <laughs> exactly yeah which we uh, we get that obviously not nearly as much uh, as you do it's uh, it's it's somewhat limited it's manageable some people have those little hats that say never summer i want one that says never winter <laughs> <laughs> just because we we do have Colorado is an exception, and we have incredibly nice weather climate. Here, I think we're zero to 10 inches of annual rainfall a year, and we get it in bursts. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a semi-arid climate here, but we do get maximum days of riding. And they're, here in this area, they're really working on connecting a lot of trails and keeping it open to e-bikes. That's great. That's what I always like to hear. You know, we tend to hear about the trails where they're trying to ban e-bikes, but if they're letting them, then obviously we don't complain about it, so I may not talk about it as much. But yeah, it's good to hear that Colorado is, uh, from everything I've heard, very e-bike friendly. And I think every state, every area is going to be like that eventually. We just have to give, a, give it a little bit more time. It's a process that everybody needs to be involved with, and Kyle, especially for older people. It allows you to go out for a nice ride and get home without killing yourself and then still not be so white that You can still go do things, you know? Right. Absolutely. Well, I think I have one last question for you before we wrap up this episode. And that is because you obviously know what you're doing. You don't have to share these secrets if you don't want to. But what are you know, one or two tips you would give people that want to come to this event with their e-bike next year? For one, Kyle, uh, they open the gates at 5, 4.30 in the morning. Be there early. <laughs> so I, I was in line at 4.15. Oh, wow. And got a, a good parking spot. Um, it was 300. The, the parking was somewhat limited. And so you, you got to be there early. So the we took we started off the, the race at six oh five in the morning to get all the class up the mountain by nine o'clock. They had to start real early. So our class took off at six oh five. Get some rest the the night before. You know, here again you're scrambling to get your bike ready, you know. <laughs> I put slicks on. Okay. Uh like fat slicks like the, the V Apaches or something like that. That's exactly what I used. And Kyle, here's one thing I didn't realize. And I just wonder, I didn't, why are those directional? <laughs> you know, 
That is an excellent question that I don't know that I ever noticed that or realized it. There's an arrow on there. I'll have to ask the guys at V-Tire about that. Yeah, why do you have a slick tire that's directional? I don't know. That's a good one. Maybe there's some reason for it, uh, and maybe they're just, I have no idea. I can't think of a reason, a good reason why. I have some theories about maybe the internal construction of the way the folding bead moves or something, but I don't honestly know. The second biggest thing I, I would think would be hydration. In Colorado, because it's an arid climate, you don't realize how much you perspire because it's cool. So hydration is the biggest key there also. Drink a lot of water. Um, I live at 7,100 feet and train at 7,100 feet, so it's not as big a deal. So if you're going to from elevation or from a lower elevation, give your body a day or two to acclimate before you charge the mount. That's a really good, good thought because even, you know, where I'm at, sitting right here at my desk at 3,100 feet, you know, if, if I feel like I'm in decent shape here, and I go try and go from 9,000 to 14,000 feet, I'm going to be, that's going to be really difficult. Altitude sickness is real. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's like a flu symptoms. You have to be aware of it and, and, and stand, giving your body a little bit of time. Come ride your bike on a lesser trail before you go up the mountain. Get just a little bit acclimated to the higher elevation. Yeah, that's a good tip. Those are all good things, especially if anybody's coming from out of town and they're not used to that. And I don't know how many states were represented this year, but I'm sure 15 different states were represented. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good range. Uh, that means you got people from coming from a decent amount. Well, that's good. I like to hear that. It's a small town. It's a small town. Not a lot going on, but from here, there's just we do have a great lighting system through like the Air Force Academy, things like that, the Santa Fe Trail, the Fountain Trail. You can ride hundreds of miles here. Good. Awesome. Well, I wish we had uh, more time to go into more detail on this today, but I appreciate you very much for being on the podcast and, and sharing these details with us. I hope that some people listening to this episode right now, get inspired and say, yeah, I want to go ride the, the Pikes Peak and either do it sometime throughout the year or even at this specific event. Uh, I definitely will be uh, paying closer attention to it and watching to see what sort of e-bikes people are bringing <laughs> and winning with there. Uh, and hopefully they continue to have more Bolton e-bike parts on their bikes when they are winning. Right. I agree. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for building such a great system for the Rad 5. That, it's just incredible what you've done, and I, I absolutely love my Bolton upgraded bike. Awesome. Well, I had a lot of help, but I can't take all the credit for that. But uh, yeah, everybody, uh, team-wise here at Bolton e-bikes and suppliers I work with, yeah, I think they've done a good job at creating a, a good, reliable product that just really makes it a totally new bike. So uh, I'm glad that that has been working well for you, and uh, can't wait, wait to... Uh, Hear what you guys do next year. Hopefully, uh, something a little bit faster. Kyle, I'll send you some pictures from the starting line. Please do. And some pictures from the mountain. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, Bruce. And thank you to everybody that is listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed that and learned a little bit about how to 
prepare yourself for a very high altitude, high grade climb. I can't wait to see more pictures and videos. Hopefully that's something I can share with you guys as well. Once again, this is the Bolton e-bikes podcast. Uh, if you are not on the email list, uh, make sure to get on that. Go to ebikepodcast.com. That way you'll get an email with any sort of exciting news we have, but most importantly, when new episodes come out. Thanks again, and I will talk to you guys on another Tuesday. Tuesday.